Sir Harold Paisley realizes his life's ambition with astonishing and terrifying results. In the story, Ron Evans takes us into the Burmese jungle to the tomb of Kai Shan. Uh, yes, Sam, what is it? Dr. Yuma has cleared the main portals and is tidying the entrance. Oh, wonderful, wonderful, Sam. Everything is surpassing my expectations. It's really been quite incredible. He'll be finished by late this afternoon and wants to know if you want the door open. Oh, no, 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 Sam. We leave the opening until tomorrow. This is the culmination of 15 years' work for me, and I, I think I'll make an occasion of it. A small ceremony, don't you think? Oh, yes, Sir Harold. It'll look good on video, too. <laughs> Talking about video, have you seen Joyce? Uh, she's with Dr. Yuma, making a pictorial record of the excavation. Oh, good. Exactly what I was about to suggest. Do you see this piece of metal, Sam? Hmm. Is it a part of what we found yesterday? Yes. Look at it closely. Hmm. It's copper. What else? Well, I can't say without looking at it under a glass. There's, there's rust and particles sticking to it that could would possibly... You, would you laugh if I told you that it was once chromium-plated? I'd be flabbergasted. Then be flabbergasted, Sam. That copper rod was once chromium-plated. Oh, but that's impossible. No, it must have been left by the Japanese army when they occupied this region here. <laughs> you mean a Japanese soldier once dug 15 meters under the floor of the Burmese jungle just to bury a piece of chromium-plated copper rod? Well, no, not exactly, but what could have... This is an artifact from the reign of Kai Shan. It's at least 5,000 years old, Sam. Impossible. So it seems, because it would mean that a fairly high degree of technology existed at that time. What's more, it requires electricity for the chromium plating process. Is it possible that the people in Kai Shan's time used electricity? It's too much to believe. Yes, I know. But I have a feeling that when the tomb is open tomorrow, we'll know the answer. excavation of the tomb of the great King Kaishan was to be the peak of Sir Harold Paisley's career. He had spent 14 years of his life searching the dense Burmese jungle, studying ancient legends, and trying to convince his colleagues that such a kingdom existed. Gradually, the area he needed to search diminished to a few square kilometers, until early this year he discovered a small circular mound less than half a kilometer from a village. 
With the help of the villagers, he dug into the center of the mound and found what he at first thought was a mosaic-covered floor. More digging revealed that this floor was actually the center of a domed roof. Several shafts were dug at the edges of the mound, and they showed the walls of the building were intact. Suppressing the temptation to pierce the golden mosaic roof, Sir Harold sent for his friend at Rangoon, the eminent oriental archaeologist, Dr. Yuma. Both men agreed that the building should be completely excavated before it was entered. With labor brought in from surrounding villages, the excavation proceeded over seven months, revealing many interesting artifacts. But, most of all, an architectural creation of exquisite, breathtaking beauty. It was much larger than originally believed, and the mosaic-adorned dome stood high above the walls of the square-shaped mausoleum. After leaving Sir Harold, I went to the hut where his daughter, Joyce Paisley, was running through that day's videotapes. They're looking good, eh, Sam? Yes. It's like an adventure story in the flesh. I like the way you've built up the suspense leading to tomorrow's opening at the main door. Hmm, the way I planned it. It's going to make the opening of Tutankhamun's tomb in Egypt seem ordinary by comparison. <laughs> Mind you, at this stage, I think it would have been better to invite the world's press. Sorry, Sam, but I agree with Dad. There's no accommodation here for them, and they'd only get in the way. My video presentation is all that's needed. Well, it'll make a fortune in sales. <laughs> I know. Even if we find nothing inside the tomb, it will pay for all the time and work my father put into the project. Just finding the building intact is an achievement that will stimulate world interest. Like a drink, Sam? Um, yeah, a shot of brandy will do fine. Oh, the whoopee stuff is in that cupboard. Is that six bottles of champagne I see in here? <laughs> right on. For tomorrow night's celebration. I wonder what we'll find, Joyce. Oh, beats me. So little is known about the Kaishan's kingdom that it could be anything from cheap glass beads to a vast store of treasure placed there to see the king on his way to, well, wherever they thought dead kings went to. The tomb's builders were brilliant craftsmen. And some of the smaller idols we found set in wall niches are cast in solid gold. Yes. No, I think we'll find a lot more than beads. Oh, I hope so, Sam. Cheers. We were both right, as it turned out, but not in the way we anticipated. Five of us were chosen to be the first to enter the tomb. Sir Harold, Joyce... Dr. Humor, Archie Bates, and myself. And by the way, Archie was Sir Harold's protege. He had been his archaeological assistant from the very beginning of his search for the tomb. What was I doing there, you ask? Well, I was the fellow who put up most of the money. I come from a wealthy family and rather fancied investing in the possible finding of a vast treasure. If Sir Harold was delighted with his discovery, I was over the moon. My investment was paying off very nicely, thank you. Next morning at eight, we gathered in the doorway of the great tomb. Our hundred Burmese workers were collected in a half circle before the tomb, looking at the great bronze doors, each four meters tall and three meters wide. They were embossed by a pictorial record of events occurring during the reign of Kai Shan. A huge handle stood out from one of the doors. During the previous day, Dr. Yuma had supervised the drilling around it. 
that had finally broken the lock and allowed the door to swing inward. As everyone knows, this is the day I've dreamt of for so many years. What we're about to do will soon be written in the pages of history. Gentlemen, shall we go inside? It's rather stiff. Yes, Archie, help me to push, will you? Right here, Sam. Daylight flooded into the tomb for the first time in 5,000 years. Sir Harold led the way, each of us carrying a powerful fluorescent torch. We were in a narrow passage with a blank stone wall at the end, an arch leading to left and to the right of it. Sir Harold took the left arch and entered a large room. King's bodyguard was entombed with him. All these are gold replicas of their weapons and armor. I wonder if they were killed before being sealed in. I doubt it. A look at the position of the skeletons tells us they were certainly alive. Perhaps these gold bowls once contained poison for them to take. A careful analysis of the sediment will answer that question. There must be half a ton of gold in here. Archie, pick up a couple of pieces and don't look at the camera like you did yesterday. Like this? That's right. Examine one of the shields. Is that bright light really necessary, Joyce? Well, I'll get a very gloomy picture without it. Well, perhaps, but won't it be more realistic? Yes, I would rather you didn't use it, dear. Archie, will you take that video light back outside? All right, Sir Harold. You may be sorry, Dad, when you see the results. No, I don't think so. Uh, Dr. Yuma, come and look at these wall carvings. The battle scenes are quite fascinating. Archie left with the portable light and returned a few moments later. He stood beside Sir Harold, who was hunched with Dr. Humor over a picture depicting a battle scene. That warrior is holding a weapon that looks rather like a, well, a walking stick. And coming from it is a beam, a killing beam of lightning. It seems impossible. So did that piece of copper rod you showed me last night, Sir Harold. But it proved the Shanites had somehow discovered the use of electricity. Uh, shall we take a look into the next chamber? What is that? Uh, oh, oh, not at all. <laughs> it's the main doors. Yes, the main doors have been closed on us. All right, all right. There's nothing to get alarmed about. Jeff Harrison will deal with them from outside. But why did it happen? What made them close? That, that noise we heard. It sounded like an electric motor. Do you think it's possible that from what I've seen so far in this tomb, almost anything is possible? Locked in this dark, damp tomb. We all tried to hide our dismay by looking cheerful and indifferent. After all, the door could be easily cut through from outside. It wasn't as if we were trapped in an underground cave, was it? Or was it? Sir Harold and Dr. Humor went into the second chamber and we followed. It was much the same as the first, except there was an arch at the far end. We went through it and entered a chamber far larger than the previous two. The high ceiling showed we were beneath the dome. The chamber 
was decorated by colored murals and recessed sculptures of gold and ivory in the image of unknown gods and goddesses. The style was vaguely reminiscent of China and Indochina. Sir Harold and Dr. Yuma potted about, examining everything like two children let loose in a toy shop. One of the recessed ivory statues was in the shape of a beautiful nymph-like woman. Archie lifted it out to look at it more closely. Then... What happened? The arch, look! This bronze door had fallen down like a portcullis and sealed us in. Dear me, what caused it, you think? Archie, it happened when you lifted out that ivory statue. Yes, I know, but perhaps it was activated by some kind of mechanism. Now, let me see now. Yes, it was resting on a small platform. Perhaps if it's replaced... Here, I'll do it, sir. No, I can manage. There. But nothing happens. Does this mean we're trapped in here? Looks like it, my dear, but not to worry. It's only a building. Jeff has all the equipment he needs to get us out. If he realizes we're in trouble. Oh, when the main doors closed, he would have made a start. Uh, uh, Dr. Yuma, shall we continue our studies? It was getting warm inside the tomb as the hot sun penetrated the thick stone walls. After ten minutes, I sensed, rather than noticed, the difference. At first, it was difficult to describe. I looked closely to see what was making me feel uneasy. Sir Harold and Dr. Yuma turned away from the murals. Really most incredible, don't you think? Quite astonishing, Sir Harold. But where is the great king's sarcophagus? Yes, it must be here somewhere. Hardly likely to build an edifice like this and forget to put Kai Shan's remains inside, what? <laughs> I'd say there must be another room hidden somewhere. There isn't, Sir Harold. I've done some rough measurements, and these three rooms are equal to the tomb's exterior. That's strange. Sir, I wonder... Sir Harold, excuse me, but the floor is sinking on one side. What do you mean? See how it's sloping away from us? It's ever so slight, but very slowly the angle is increasing. Sam's right. You can see it clearly from here. How extraordinary. What do you make of it, Dr. Yuma? Perhaps another mechanism has been touched off, and there is another chamber below this one. Of course, Doctor. And that's where the sarcophagus will be. Well, I hope you're right. If this floor tips more than 45 degrees, we're in trouble. Sam's right, sir. We'll just slide down into whatever's below. The people who constructed this must Listen, have... do you hear that? Yes, it... Sounds like a motor of some description. The mechanism that is lowering one end of the floor. And it seems to be gathering speed. Well, we can't go back, so we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Within a couple of minutes, the far end of the stone floor had sunk about four meters, and it was beginning to feel like standing on one side of a house roof. There was a half a meter gap between the wall and the floor, and Archie and I ventured to the edge and looked down and saw a curved shape in the wall below. Look, it's the top of an arch. Yes, you're right, Archie. It must be the entrance to another chamber. Let me see. Good gracious, so it is. How clever. The dropping floor is acting as a kind of drawbridge to allow us access. There's a tiger carved into the top of the arch. With its mouth open in a roar. It is a symbol, meaning danger. No doubt a trick to scare off any robbers that might have found their way this far into the tomb. It will not be an idle warning, Sir Harold. We will have to be on our guard. You don't think there'll be someone down there waiting for us, do you? No, Sam, but we could encounter other things. You mean like booby traps? It's possible, yes.
the floor continued dropping for another minute before coming to a stop. We stared into the darkness through the arch, which even our torches were unable to penetrate to its end. It was a one and a half meter jump to a stone platform at the entrance. Archie was first across, followed by Sir Harold and Dr. Humor. I helped Joyce across with her video equipment and was last into the tunnel. It had suddenly gone chill, and the sweat on our thin clothes felt like icy fingers touching our bodies. What we didn't know at the time, mercifully, was that the stone floor of the upper chamber, now relieved of our weight, had begun slowly rising once more, effectively sealing our way back. We followed the tunnel downwards and finally came into a small chamber, a square stone room decorated from floor to ceiling with brightly colored murals. It was otherwise bare. Ah, look at this, Dr. Yuma. These scenes depict the burial of King Kai Shan. The building illustrated is the one we're inside. You mean underneath? Well, yes, underneath. It makes no difference. See, the huge sarcophagus being borne along in the procession leading to the tomb. And here they are going in through the doorway. No pictures of the interior, though. Well, where is the sarcophagus, then? Yes. I wonder if someone's been here before us and removed it. No, Sir Harold. It is here, somewhere. Well, we're in an empty chamber. The only way we can go is back along the tunnel. There's a faint crack in this plaster. It runs from here all the way down to here. Do you think it could be some kind of concealed doorway? By Jove, yes. I think you're onto something there, Archie. Even the patterns and figures between the cracks are, are different in a subtle way. Paler. And, All and the pictures depict a kind of religious ceremony. Mm. Here's that wide-mouthed tiger again at the top. A second danger signal. If it's a doorway, there must be some way of opening it. What are you doing, Archie? I don't remember there being water on the floor when we entered the chamber. There wasn't. Take no notice. I'm convinced there's a chamber beyond this wall. And Dad, the water is getting deeper. Well, I don't see how... The Joyce is right, sir. It's up to my ankles and rising. I think we have activated another mechanism that is filling the chamber with water. Look, we'd better get back to the tunnel. Damn it all, I can't leave here now. The alternative is to swim. Nonsense, Sam. There's still time. Dr. Yuma, let us study these murals. They might offer us some kind of a clue. This water will ruin my equipment. If you go back a few yards along the tunnel, it'll be dry. Well, then I'll miss everything. Uh, look here, Dr. Yuma. The drawing of the sarcophagus. It's slightly raised in relief from the rest of the mural. Do you think that could mean something? It is possible. The water's up to our knees already. Well, pressing it does nothing. Let me look at it through my magnifying glass. Well, perhaps it slides. I'm afraid not. Another couple of minutes and we will be swimming. Well, look at this, sir. What is it? Well, I ran my hand along the mural and, and found this. It's like a fine needle projecting from the wall. Oh, no, isn't that strange? I'm going into the tunnel. The water's up to my waist. It's as sharp as a needle. It nearly went through my hand. Pull it out if you can. No, no, wait. Let, let me get my handkerchief. There. Pull it out now. It won't budge. Just jiggle it around. There must be some purpose for it being there. There. It's gone in. Flush to the wall. Yes, but nothing happens. Yes, the water is no longer rising. Praise be, but are you sure? It is running away. Do you see? You can almost watch the level dropping. That's right. It's like somebody's pulled out a bath plug. By golly, you're right, Archie. Joyce, Sam, you can come back. The water level's falling. 
Joyce and I waded back into the chamber where the water had already fallen to knee height. As though nothing had happened, Sir Harold and Dr. Humor went back to their task of studying the murals. By the time ten minutes had passed, we were standing on a wet floor. As the last of the water gurgled away, we heard a fresh sound. At first, nothing happened. Then gradually, the area of wall between the cracks began to faintly glow and become translucent. We stood back, staring. It was as though the murals were being illuminated by a soft light from behind. Soon, the light from the panel had grown sufficiently to illuminate the chamber. I felt as edgy as a cat in a dog pound. To one side of me, Joyce was shooting it on video. Just as I began to think it was the end of the show, another sound was heard. One side of the panel began to open very slowly. I craned my neck to see what lay in store for us on the other side. A bright light was shining from inside, almost as bright as sunlight. I shaded my eyes and, like the others, gasped. stood wide open and we gazed into a chamber bathed in a bright light. In the center was a golden sarcophagus, at the head and foot of which stood four golden life-size statues of soldier guards, glittering brightly in the mysterious light. Yes, the light. It came from above, from the walls at the side, bright beams caressing the sarcophagus. The magic of the moment was broken by Archie, who stepped forward to enter the chamber. Dr. Yuma's hand gripped his shoulder. No, not yet. Why? What's wrong? Do not forget the tiger danger symbol. Somewhere in that chamber lies a deadly hazard. We can't just stand here staring at now, it. Dr. Yuma's right. Caution is called for. I will use my belt. If I throw it just inside, like this... See, that was... Good gracious. It was a trap. And you would now be dead, Archie. <gasps> As Yuma's heavy belt clattered to the floor, six arrows were fired with tremendous velocity, coming from small recesses in the chamber wall. They clattered harmlessly to the floor. That was close. Thanks, Dr. Yuma. But it may not yet be safe. Please, do you have any coins in your pockets? Uh, yeah. Yes, I got some here. Oh, good, good. There we are. Thank you. I will now throw it over the floor. In different parts. Dr. Humor hurled the coins around the chamber floor, the last few far over to the other side. Three more arrows flashed harmlessly across the room. Then Humor drew a deep breath and cautiously walked into the chamber. We watched breathlessly as he stood beside the golden sarcophagus, walked slowly round it, then turned to us with a smile. Sir Harold was the next to go inside. All this time, Joyce had stood by my shoulder with her video camera running. It took four of us to raise the lid of the casket, and there we saw the mummified remains of the great king, Kai Shan. 
At last. At long last. Yes, it was a long search. The find is mine, but there's much for science to explain. The lighted walls and ceiling, the closing and the opening doors, the sinking floor. In one respect, the people of Kaishan's time were primitive, and yet in another way they were so technologically advanced. It'll take many years of study before this anomaly can be explained. And now we have the problem of getting out. Oh, I wouldn't worry about that old chap. Have you finished your video shots yet, Joyce? Enough for today, yes. Yes, I agree. We've done enough for today. Shall we retrace our steps? What with these wet clothes and the cold air, I'm ooh, feeling rather chilly. A spot of sunshine will be most welcome. Our engineer, Jeff Harrison, had started work on the great bronze doors only minutes after they had closed behind us. In 15 minutes, he had them reopened and secured. Then he tackled the door that had fallen behind us in the third chamber. It was not so easy, and he had to burn a hole through it. Meanwhile, we retraced our way to the end of the tunnel, and Archie and I were looking for a way of lowering the floor back down to our level. Without any help from us, it began to drop, and we heard the voices of Jeff and his men above as their weight activated the mechanism. A few minutes later, we walked out of Kai Shan's tomb into the warm, welcoming sunlight. Well, the world awaits the published findings of our Kai Shan excavation. They could wait a long time yet, while scientists, archaeologists, and every otherist argues over the astonishing discoveries. Will they ever reach a conclusion and publish the details? Probably. Uh, but perhaps not in my lifetime. High Adventure is produced by Henry Duffenthal. 